0: Alright, sounds good All right.
1: Hello everyone, this is Gruesome Herzog's Horror Movie Review My special guest tonight is Sal Lazard How you doing, Sal? I'm doing well, how are you? Wonderful Um, questions I'm going to ask you first Um, Creature from the Hillbilly Lagoon, 2005
0: Yeah Yeah, what about that? <laughs> <have> to, uh,
1: <laughs> that's a good question I mean, question with a question you played Buford right so now what exactly yeah,
0: is I was that, Buford uh-huh? now,
1: now what, what exactly is that about
0: uh, Creature from the Hillbilly Lagoon was actually originally entitled Seepage uh-huh. and um uh, but it was, uh, I believe once the distributor bought it, they wanted to rename it because it coming out at the same time the creature from the Black Lagoon was uh-huh. celebrating its 25th year. So they renamed it from seepage to creature from the Hibley Lagoon. But it, it basically, the, it's about a, uh, uh, a barrel of, these guys are dumping toxic waste. And rather than disposing of it correctly, they're just dumping it in the, in the, in the river. Um, and so uh as these uh um, biohazardous materials leach out, um, they are actually transforming, mutating the fish. Oh. And uh, they also uh so this creature, uh this fish like uh uh humanoid, I guess you could say, um winds up attacking folks. Strangely enough though, even the townspeople uh, there's start. Some of them start uh, uh, morphing because of the their exposure to it.
1: And I take it that it won an award for the best genuine cross, best genuine crossover horror comedy. Richard Griffin. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah. yeah, Richard Griffin. Yeah, I tell you what, uh, he puts out some really good material. I mean, uh, um, he uh, he's an award-winning uh, director, and what he does is his. Uh, he gets hired to as a director to do other people's work, but his own work, he uh, he basically creates movies that are they're comic books on the screen, okay. sort of a, along the same lines as um, uh, what Marvel Comics has been doing.
1: Okay, on DVD or no?
0: Oh yeah, Creature from the Black Lagoon. And I got to tell you, there's um, uh, I was really proud of the fact that uh, the very first movie I was in was. Uh, was feeding the masses, which was a Richard Griffin film, uh, Griffin film, and which uh, uh, and uh, what happened was that one and Seepage both wound up at Blockbuster Videos. So I was living in a little town, um, um, Circleville, Ohio, and uh, at the Blockbuster there, they put up a, a photo of me and said, you know, local actor has you know these videos here, and the one thing they had to do because Blockbuster had this deal where if you rented the video and you decide to keep it, you know, they would just charge your card and they would reorder another one. And they couldn't keep them in stock because people kept renting the video and then they would just hang on to it. And so I would go, like when I'd go downtown to maybe one of the bars or something, uh, every now and again, somebody would walk up to me with one of these videos and ask me to sign the thing. So... (laughs) So it was kinda of funny that they couldn't I'd send people down to Blockbuster to see it and they could they'd never had it because they had to keep reordering it.
1: That's cool. That's good for yeah. you guys. That's good for you guys.
0: Oh yeah, yeah, it is. As a matter of fact, uh, um, uh it was fun for me because uh, you know, uh it was one of the few times where I really got to enjoy a little local celebrity and is that the right word, celebrity anyway. Uh, so. <laughs> wow.
1: Well. Hey, you're a celebrity. Hey,
0: if you don't know the word, just make it up. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. Well, I, I don't really consider myself so much of a celebrity as much as a sub- celebrity. I, um, yeah, sort sort of sub- celebrity, a legend in my own mind. I, I um, what happens is, uh, you know, I, I kind of am doing the horror convention circuits, and uh, and uh, but I'm still, you know, for the most part, I'm always amazed because. I'm relatively new to this in a manner of speaking and I haven't been in any of, well I have now, but uh, originally I wasn't in any of the big screen type movies and uh, so when I would go someplace and people would walk up to me and say, oh I saw you in this or I saw you in that, it just really kind of amazed me because I just never anticipated that happening, you know. Right,
1: right. So yeah after a while you get your own cult following basically.
0: As a matter of fact one of the proudest days that i had was when somebody said to me check out this blog and i looked on the blog and there was a, a gal had written an uh, a, a, an entry where she said that she had met me at a, a convention and that she thought i was a nice guy and she was going to make it her job to find every single film i had been in and uh I, I thought that was pretty cool, because even I don't have copies of every single film I've been yeah. in. And, and, uh, but she was my first fan, and recently I was at the famous Monsters of Horror uh, convention in Indianapolis, and they there was about 40 actors or so there. I mean, well, actually more than that, but uh, there was a whole lot of actors. And I had this one gal who came up to me, and she goes, do you mind if I join you for a moment? And I said, oh, no. Go well, right ahead this is at the VIP uh, party okay. she goes uh, I'm a big fan of yours and I said oh you are and she goes yeah I've, I've seen your work and I says, oh great it's always great to meet another fan and she goes wait a minute you already have fans and I said oh sure you know I've, I've got a few and she goes oh do you have a stalker yet and I said not to my knowledge she goes okay then I'm a I'm your first official stalker. <laughs> <laughs> so was, That's funny. I said, you swing by my table and pick up a business card? And she goes, yeah. I said, look, it's got my contact information on there. I don't know how to make it any easier for you. <laughs> That's
1: funny. <laughs> yeah. You
0: have that humor. <laughs> yes, yes.
1: Now, your next movie, um, Abe's Tomb. Okay. Explain. Tell the people it's, about Abe's Tomb. It,
0: it, Abe's Tomb. Abe's Tomb was written. Uh, it's kind of interesting. Uh, it's a vampire film mm-hmm. that was shot in Ohio, and uh, there's a fellow named Carl Merritt who actually is a. Um, he's written some. Uh, he's written several little uh, several novels that have uh, won awards and stuff. And Carl decided to make a movie, uh, turn one of his film or his books into a movie. So, uh, interestingly enough, though you know how it is when you're first starting off. Uh, he was the not only was he the writer and he was the producer, but he also wound up directing it. And uh, he used some of the folks that worked with him to work the camera. And it was a, it was an interesting film. I had a lot of fun on it. Um, there was um, the one thing that was funny is I'm a comedian also, and uh, I can't help it. You know, it's, I'm like a little boy with a big red button. I, if I see that opening, I just have to take it. So Carl, he's trying to shoot this serious movie. And me, I'm kind of wanting to interject a little humor into it. So there's a place in there where, like, uh, this vampire walks into this barn with other vampires and, and makes this statement about, you know, they're going to be drinking the blood of man. And uh, I said, now, see, now's when you need the little gay guy to jump up and go, yummy, yummy, man in my tongue. <laughs> and, uh, and Carl's like, Sal, I'm trying to make a serious film. And I was behind him, you know, like joking around and stuff, and, and people would start to laugh, and he would say, you know, quit that, quit that. But uh, there was a place where in the movie, uh, I don't want to give away a lot, but there right. was a place where Carl said to me, uh, because of the fact that we were running out of daylight, he goes, why don't you take these folks off and you shoot this scene while I concentrate on this scene over here. So when I went there... I thought the scene was really boring. So, what I did was, I said, you know what, since Carl told me to direct this scene, we're going to make some changes. So, I did this thing, and um, it was a completely different outcome for that particular scene, although it didn't really affect the movie as a whole. But, um, I have to say that when I did that, Carl was a little bit upset with me for doing this, but... When he screened it at Cinema Wasteland, um, everybody was watching it, and there were people, you know, uh, you could see that they were involved with the film. But um, when they came to this part, people started cheering and clapping. So, and and my good friend Ray Bastian was in the film also. As a matter of fact, he was uh, one of the the more the leading characters in the film, and a good friend of Carl's. And uh, Ray told me that every time it went to a film festival at, at, at that same spot there was always the same reaction from the crowd and it kind of uh, ray told me it irritated carl a little bit because he didn't particularly like that mm-hmm. but you know and they to say carl's a good guy it's just that uh, you know he and i i, I just can't, can't help myself he wanted to write this really serious piece and obviously with next door um uh, which is my most recent movie, which I produced. It's a very serious piece also. Now, uh, and I can't think of a single joke that's in there that actually made the film, but we were joking around on the set a lot because I can't help it. People have to laugh. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. Oh. So, so that's Age Soon. Have you seen it? Not yet. Okay, because you'll see the spot that I'm talking about. Uh, when you do. I mean, nobody misses it. Everybody who comes up to me uh, and talks about, uh, Age 2 tells me, oh, I love that spot where you did whatever I did. So, notice I'm careful not to give away anything.
1: Okay, I'm gonna <laughs> ask you a question now. I always wonder sure. this. On the movie I Am Legend, okay? Uh-huh. It has uh-huh. you listed being in it, but it says uncredited. Now, what does that exactly mean?
0: Well, it, it's something that happens. See, I, you know when uh, uh, there was twelve hundred uh, extras on the set for the scene where everybody's evacuating uh, New York. You okay. see that movie, okay? You know where everybody's parking their cars and they're running to try to get on the boat, you know, or the helicopters, I guess. it is. Right. And um, what happens? And they've got to go through that screening process. Twelve hundred extras, and uh, and so it, this was shot at the base of the Brooklyn Bridge now not everybody can be up front and one of the things that people said to me was you know i hate being way back here in the back so they kept trying to to every time they would yell reset or something certain people would try to get up close so they could make sure they were near will smith and maybe get a little face time on the camera right and 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 folks said to me uh they were saying you know aren't you going to try to go up there and i kept saying no somebody's got to be in the back." this is kind of where I've been told I need to be, so <laughs> this is where I'm going to stay, because, you know, not everybody can be up front. They've got to be able to just see heads, you know, and, right. and bodies, and even if you can't make them out. So, I stayed back in the back. Now, the other thing that happened was uh, they can't put you in a film unless they've got a release. And for some strange reason, people are try- want to come up and talk to me. It might have something to do with my appearance. I look like a friendly fellow, I suppose. So, Almost every time they would get ready to yell action, somebody would tap me on the shoulder, be a guy and his wife or somebody who was out a couple out for a stroll, and they'd tap me on the shoulder and say, what's going on here? And I'd say, well, we're in the process of shooting a film. And they'd go, really? That's kind of cool. About that time they'd yell action, and I'd go running up just like other people would. (laughs) and, uh, And then as soon as they yelled, kid, I'd look, and there was this couple right next to me. In other words, they ran up also, and once they start looking through that footage, if they see people who they don't have releases for they edit that part out so while i was at the base of the brooklyn bridge with many with you know another 1199 actors uh being extras what happened was uh, I, I was there for six days um I, you can't see me anywhere in the footage and so uh since i did not oh and of course they didn't credit those 1200 extras either right you know i, I would take forever so you're uncredited but you were actually in the film. Oh. And, uh, Somebody can put you in there or you can edit the IMDB. It's kind of frowned upon because if all you do is is extra stuff, some people say, well, that really doesn't help your career for people to see all these uncredited. But I know an actress in Boston where if you look at her IMDb, there may be thirty or forty entries there, but every one of them say uncredited because she's always not she's always an extra in the movies. And So it does show that you did some work on those sets. It just means that you weren't significant enough to get a name, a name part. So, yep, I was the white-haired guy that looked like Santa, and and a lot of people wanted to stand near me because they said if I can pick you out in the crowd, then you know I'll know where I'm at. But (laughs) I never saw me, and I looked at every version I could, and I somebody told me that there's one particular trailer that if you go real slow frame by frame, you can spot me. But I'm not that hung up on it, so. Well, I've got the paycheck or pay stubs. Well, <laughs> <So> <laughs> that's good enough for me.
1: The, the next film, I guess you played a Santa Claus in The
0: Box. Uh, in The Box, that's right. You know, that was a fun thing because I gotta tell you, The Box has been my, one of my favorite movies. And it's not just because it's a big screen movie and I'm, and I'm obviously noticeable in it, but I was driving from Ohio to, uh, uh, to New Hampshire the Boston area, actually, because uh, I would come here to be a Santa each Christmas. And as I'm driving along, my cell phone rings, and a guy says to me, hey, you know, they're they're casting for a film in Boston, so you might want to get in on it. And I said, well, what are they looking for? And he said, well, they're looking for uh, men and women, children and adults. They're looking for people who look like they're over 60, and they're also looking for people who have longer hair like the 60s. Uh, style haircuts, And I said, wow, I fit in quite a few of those categories. And uh, so they said, okay, well, they're holding a call between 10 and 4 p.m. So I set my GPS to the address, and I drove right on into Boston. And when I got there, the line was super, super long. It was like 20 minutes after 3 when I got there. So I jokingly said, oh, my gosh, how are they going to see all these people by 4 o'clock? And the guy says to me, You have to go up to the front of the line and get a size sheet. If you have the size sheet, they'll see you, but they're going to quit handing them out at 4 o'clock. So I go up to the front of the line to get the size sheet, and the person that's there goes, oh, my gosh, they're going to want to see you right away. So he hands me the size sheet, and he puts a little yellow Post-it note on my shirt and has me stand at the front of the line. Now, everybody's kind of looking at me, and he leaves and comes back with this other person. She goes, oh, my gosh, you're right. You, come with me. So then she takes me into this other room where people are practicing some lines and stuff, and I'm, she goes, you wait right here. And some folks are kind of looking at me, and, and I'm kind of curious as to what's going on, and then she comes back with another girl who says, oh, come on in here. And so I go walking into this room with her, and she goes, look at who I've got, and this gal turns around, and she goes, oh my god. She goes, I've been waiting for you all day. And I thought, wow i have been in a couple of dozen independent films, and, and you know, and some of them were shot in the Boston area, and I thought, wow, this is my lucky day. Right. Somebody actually wanted to hire me. And then she says to me, very seriously, can you play Santa? And uh, I said, <laughs> I just went into character. I just went, oh, 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 are you kidding me? Two months out of the year, I am Santa. And she goes, really? And I says, yes, I'm a professional Santa. I even have my own suit. And she goes, you do? And I said, yes. So, you know, constantly wouldn't be an issue. And she said, somebody get his schedule and his sizes. And let's get a couple of photos of him, too. And then she gets on the phone, and I hear her say, I think we found our crazy Santa. Which, you know, I was like, crazy Santa? (laughs) Question (laughs) mark. But then I said to her, does this mean I have the part? And she goes, well, to be honest with you, if another Santa comes in, you know, then he... You could conceivably not get the part, but we've been here all day. You're the first guy who looked like Santa that came through the door. So, unless something happens, then you've, you should have the part. So, I went home with anticipation, and several days later, I get the phone call and find out I do, in fact, have the part. Now, the really cool thing about it is I look enough like Santa that when I showed up on the set the first night, we're shooting the snowy night. And uh you know it's for the road scene, I think you know what I mean if you've yeah. seen the film and uh And I had a stunt double, and um the really cool thing was I mean, here I've got a stunt double for my first really big picture, as far as I'm concerned, colder than heck that night, and we're standing out there, and the wind's blowing, and the snow's blowing into my face, and it was okay, you know, I mean, me and uh Paul Marini, the guy that played my my stunt double, we both had to put up with it. It was kind of cool, because we'd hang out together, and he's, like, trying to eat a hot dog uh, during the the lunch thing, and he's like, how in the hell can you eat with this thing? Because, you know, he had on a fake mustache and all that. They had made the hair and wig set for him. But um, the cool thing about it was um, they would every now and again yell over the radio, which he carried with him, okay, we need stuck Santa, or okay, we need real Santa. That's funny. uh, But... um, uh the very next time uh, for the film shoot was for the uh, scene where I'm standing out inside the li- uh, the uh, auditorium for the play and uh, so when I showed up at the school I walk into a room and there's like 200 children and you know and their parents so I go walking in with my bag and I walked up and reported in and they said okay go ahead and change into your suit and, you- and go check in at wardrobe so I didn't see any place around to change, so I just walked to the end of the table where it was kinda of cleared up and there was a bunch of gals sitting there and I says, Excuse me, ladies, do you mind if I put on my outfit here? And I said, No. So I go ahead and I sit down and I open up my bag and I start sliding on my Santa pants over my regular pants, you know, and, and put on the coat and all that and I'm seeing all these people craning their necks and looking. <laughs> so I finally get it all on and I go over to wardrobe. And what happened was a lady came up to me and said, Oh, my God, when you walked in, we were saying, That guy really looks like Santa. And then we found out we were Santa. And uh, and so somebody actually came up to me while I was talking with one of the production assistants and said, Excuse me, can I get my child's picture taken with you? Uh-huh. And the production assistant said, You know what? You're not supposed to have a camera on the set. But if you go way back there in the corner, I'm sure nobody will say anything. So I wound up getting my picture taken about six or seven times with various children. But the next day when I came back, almost every parent was there with cameras, and I must have had my picture taken with all the children and quite a few of the adults. That's funny. So it was just like a day at work. But the amazing thing about that was um, I got this phone call where they said, um, you know, you have your choice of call times. You can either come in at 6 p.m. because we're going to shoot your shot in the evening tomorrow, or if you would like, you can come in at twelve and have lunch with the director staff. And I thought, well, that's cool, so that's what I did. Uh-huh. So I got to come in and have lunch and it was all because they were they were interested in the fact that I was a professional santa and um, and, of course, I got to meet Cameron Diaz. While I was talking to the production assistant, there was a hand on my shoulder, and I hear, Hello, Santa. And I turn around, and Cameron Diaz says, Oh, my gosh, you really do look like Santa. And I went, Oh, oh, oh. and let me tell you, you look like the like Cameron Diaz. Or she goes, You look like the real Santa. And I said, You look like the real Cameron Diaz. And she goes, Oh, she goes, uh, So I understand that you are the real Santa. And I said, Well, I'm the genuine Santa. And she thanked me personally for helping to keep Christmas alive, but when I tell the story I go, you know, I, I had this uh moment with Cameron on the set and she thanked me personally for my performance. <laughs> so, you know, it's my it's my memory, I figure I can spend it a little if I want.
1: <laughs> awesome. So, so that basically was a so that was a fun experience for you, huh?
0: Oh, it was a great experience. The only thing happened was they went over one day of shooting, and because of the fact that I was, I'm, I'm a professional Santa, uh, they said, hey, can we, can you come back tomorrow, even though that wasn't a scheduled day? And I said, I'm sorry, I can't. I've got, uh, a nur uh, two daycares and a nurse, no, a, a daycare and two nursing homes to visit tomorrow. And they said, well, can't you get somebody else to do that? Well, people sometimes, uh, book me a year in advance to be Santa because I'm, I'm hard to get at Christmas. And so, uh, I said, um, you know, hey, it wouldn't be right, you know, and I gave you guys my schedule. So they said, you know what? They came back later and said, we've rearranged the shooting schedule. If you can be here at first light, we'll get you in and get you out. And that was really cool because when I got there and we were shooting in the South Shore area at this little supermarket and the traffic was going real slow, but I climbed in the van with the director's staff and uh, they actually had the police come and escort us up there so that we they could get me in and get me out that's cool and uh, yeah that was cool they treated me like i was santa <laughs> <laughs>
1: that's awesome yeah <coughs> sorry now the the, the the next film hillbilly bob zombie
0: oh my gosh hillbilly bob zombie i got to tell you um one of my favorite films, and the reason it was one of my favorite films was be, because, well, first off, my good friend, Ray Basham, who's a little bit of a nut anyway, uh he decided that he wanted to make his own movie. He'd always had this desire to do it. But he realized that in making a movie, the first time I'm going to make so many mistakes, because, well, to be quite honest with you, there was a number of mistakes in the previous movie that he and I were in together that was somebody else's first movie so he kind of learned from that he goes you know since I'm making my first movie I know there's going to be some dumb things I'm going to just make a farce and and he wanted to do a zombie film because Ray and I we go to horror conventions all the time together and he's into zombies as much as I am so he goes you know and, and what he had around him was he lived in the hills in Ohio and said you know all my neighbors are hillbillies and so I'm just going to make a hillbilly zombie ball. And um, I was supposed to be, play the part of grandpa and the only thing, and he wanted me to be in his film only because I was an actor and he knew that I took the stuff seriously and because we were friends, he wanted. But all I, my only line was to look at, there was a, the guy who wound up playing my son was supposed to be retarded. So as a grandpa, I was supposed to look at him at one point and my only line was, boy I think the best part of you ran down your mama's leg well what happened was the guy that he got to play the the father uh, Hillbilly Bob was a friend of his who was a hillbilly but the guy couldn't memorize his lines <laughs> and he froze when he got the first time the camera was on him so Ray comes to me and says hey Sal you know um, I've got this problem what do I do and I go I don't know but you know if you want I mean I can, I know the lines you know and he goes you do and I said yeah and he goes well then Would you mind being here really bothered? I said, No, man. If you want me to, I'll do it. You know, I'll do whatever it takes. And um so I wound up playing the dad. Now, the funny thing about Ray is Ray wanted this to be funny. So there were lots of times where I would say, Hey, you know, we can throw a joke in here. And so what happened was that's how some of the jokes got in there. It's because of my comic background. And one of the reviews said that I had some of the best lines, but that I delivered them well, too. So cool. so that was the thing. So I wound up inadvertently kind of co-writing some of the uh, the lines and stuff. Uh, but, um, uh, you know, it was one of those cases where Ray was very open to suggestion. Now, I will tell you a funny story, though. Because, uh, uh, Ray said, you know, one of the things about it is all my friends are a bunch of hillbillies, so I can get them down. And it shouldn't be any problem. Well, the first time he's going to have a big zombie shoot, Ray has all these guys come down. He brings his pickup truck down to the uh, set that he had built on his land. And he goes, guys, while I get you guys in makeup, he goes, I did bring some beer down for you. There's seven cases iced down in the back of this truck. Well, he by the time he got the makeup on the third zombie, uh, what happened was most of them had drank up all the beer, and they had, they left. <laughs> so, <laughs> no way. Yeah, yeah. So here we are, and it's early in the day, and all the zombies have gotten drunk and either staggered <laughs> off or drove off, you know, and, oh, because man. most of them were his neighbors, so you know. That's funny. Uh, yeah. So after that, he he would hold off on the beer, you know, and, to, uh-huh. and then I told him, I said, and save the bottles and refill them with water, you know, that's the best thing to do. Now, and um, go ahead. Yeah. Go ahead.
1: Now, Brenna Roth, tell everybody about the story you told me.
0: Oh, about, you know, the fact that I slept with Brenna? Yeah. Oh, that was, you know, that's one of my fun things is, uh, you know, I'm getting a little long in the tooth. I mean, I started acting, uh, oh, about 10 years ago when I was 45 years old, and that's that's kind of up there for a lot of actors. uh, But, you know, one of the fun things about it is is, um, a lot of the sets that I'm on, i get paired up with young girls like uh oh uh i told somebody we were shooting in october one time in ohio this uh, this zombie film and it was a combination zombie vampire film but every time the director would yell cut these uh rather scantily dressed young ladies that were maybe in their early 20s or late teens would run over and hug me because i was so warm and i said you know one of the things I love about being an actor is if any, uh, in any other job I'd be a, somehow a pervert. But here I, it's perfectly acceptable. <laughs> Greta is uh, is an actor who is um, uh, one of the, of, uh, oh, she's a uh, tromette also. You know, uh, Lloyd Kaufman uh, has quite a following for his movies, uh, his Tromaville movies, and the gals that... Um, Play sort of the, as they're kind of sexy kittens, you know. In a lot of his films, they're they're tromettes is what they're called. That's the nickname given to them. well Brenna's a tromette, and she's been in a number of films where, you know, she's uh, well, she's been in some big motion pictures like Spider Man Three, I believe. But she's also quite popular in the horror genre, and she's about half my age. <laughs> so Ray chose to have her play the wife, and I wound up becoming the host. So. Here I am playing the husband of, uh, of a girl who's about half my age. And we were the two actors that were on the set. Everybody else was, um, you know, neighbors. So uh, while we're there on his set, uh, at the end of the shooting day, Ray said, you know, rather than me taking you guys into town and putting you up in a hotel, and, because we want to get an early start filming tomorrow, why don't you guys just stay here? Well... He had an L-shaped sofa. Brenna wound up sleeping on one end. I wound up sleeping on the other. Our feet were the closest body parts to each other, and there was still probably about two feet between us. And um, But the next morning, I woke up, and uh, I go to the restroom to do what people normally do when they first wake up. And, and I come back, and as I'm putting on my boots, Brenna, she rolls over, and she says, do i smell coffee and i said yes ray's wife is making coffee and she goes oh is ray up and i said no he's sleeping in but she's going to wake him up at the last possible minute so she goes uh she looked and she noticed that i had this grin on my face so she goes what are you grinning about and i says well i just realized that i can tell everybody i slept with run a lot and she goes well technically that's true and i go the heck with technically i'm 50 years old and you're uh 25 i'm going to milk this for all i can <laughs> so, so we're out on the set and uh what happens is ray comes down and we're we're, we're starting to rehearse a few things and Ray says, out you're in a good mood and i said well last night i slept with bretta and he goes oh yeah i guess you did well all these guys are down there and now they've been hitting on Brenda because well she's not an unattractive gal at all and what happens is so they're all kind of uh, weighing out the possibilities you might say and um, so during the course of the day all of a sudden Brenda yells during one of the breaks she yells quit it just knock it off she goes look she goes none of you I'm not sleeping with any of you if there's an actor on this set that's earned the right to sleep with me. at Sal Lizard. He and I are both professionals, and we've known each other for a long time. I sure as hell am not sleeping with any of you stupid hillbillies. <laughs> now, what happened was everybody calmed down. It was handled. But I had this idea, so I go back home, and on my website at uh, Actorsal.com, I maintain a blog. And if you look through the archives, there's an archive that says... I slept with Brenna Rock, and if you pull it up, it shows a picture of Brenna, and it's t- and on there in the article. Well, I call it Brenna, and I said, "Hey, Brenna, uh, are you at your computer?" She says, "Sure." I says, "Check out my website." She goes, "Sal, I've checked out your website. It looks good." I said, "No, no, no. Check out my latest blog entry." So she goes, "Hold on." Then I hear, "Oh my God!" And I said, "I said, Do you want me to take it down?" And she goes, "Well, let me read it. I'll call you back." So. After a little bit, I get a phone call back from Brenna. She goes, no, you can leave it up. She goes, you know, you explained that we really didn't sleep together and, you know, we didn't have sex. but And you also were talking about the film and all that. And she goes, so, you know, it's a catchy title. And, you know, once people read it, they're going to know what's going on anyway. So I think it's kind of funny. (laughs) So we left it alone. Well, several months later, I run into Brenna, maybe five or six months later, at a horror convention. She goes, you know what? I guess I've been on seven auditions since I, since you put that up on your website. And she goes, and at some point somebody would look at me and said, and say, did you really sleep with Sal Lizard? And I said, oh really? And she goes, and I said, I'm so sorry. She goes, oh don't worry about it. It just proves to me that what idiots guys can be when they don't read the story. They just read the headlines. Right. And, uh, but, um, she thought it was okay. You know, it was kind of funny. So, it's still there on my website for anybody who wants to read it. But there's another part to this story. I uh, am at a horror convention in Kentucky, and uh, I'm getting ready to produce Next Door, my first film as a producer. And um, what happens is um, I take a script down to a good friend of mine, uh, Nicole Crew. Nicole told me she wanted to be in my first film and i certainly loved nicole and, and and wanted her to be so um so i she agreed to do the part so i'm taking her down the script and while we're standing there she's talking to jessica cameron an up-and-coming uh, uh spring queen also uh out of ohio and so here we are we're in kentucky i hand nikki the uh the script and she says uh is there a uh, is there a scene in here where we play together and i said no there's not and then she goes well, do you think maybe you can have the writer write one in? And I said, well, you know, that just wouldn't make any sense because of who our characters are. And then she goes, well, can we at least take a nap together on the set? And I said, what are you getting at, Nikki? And she goes, well, Reynolds shouldn't be the only one that be able to say that she slept with you. No. And, I, and all of a sudden, you know, she goes, after all, you know, I'll even get a T-shirt and wear it so that, you know, uh, and uh, and you can get a picture of it for your website. And um, Jessica Cameron, of course, is standing there. And she goes, well, wait a minute. I want to sleep with him too. And, so, uh, you know, of course, I'm like, yeah, right, right. You know, so I walk back to my table, where you know, to sign the autographs and stuff. Uh, and, um, you know, don't think a whole lot about it until later I'm at Cinema Wasteland. And I'm with Ray Basham and uh, Shane Michaels, who's the director on a film that I'm uh, uh, going to produce uh, in the spring with him. Uh, called Pray to God. But um, I'm telling them the story, and what happens is, all of a sudden, Ray goes, well, wait a minute. Do you remember the time that you and I were going up to New York to be an I Am Legend, and you pulled over in the rest area and took a nap? And uh, does that mean I get to wear a T-shirt that says I slept with Sal Lizard also? And I said, I don't think so. And Shane Michaels goes, dude that would be so funny if you got, you get the t shirts and, and and I'll wear one too. And I said, yeah, the last thing I need is a bunch of guys wearing the t-shirt. And two of the people that work with Shane said, uh, one of them being a gal, Patty, she goes, well, I would wear it. And then her boyfriend, Brian, goes, yeah, I would too. And so Ray goes, yeah, you get a whole bunch of people wearing these t-shirts and say I slept the Sal lizard. And then you can be in front of the crowd with this look on your face like, Wait a minute, what's up with this? You know, that type thing. That's
1: right.
0: So that's right. I said, Yeah, okay, fine. And then uh, uh one of the other people comes over and goes, I think that's a great marketing idea, you should do it. And I said, I'll think about it. Well then I happened to be uh in uh Indi- in Indianapolis. Well no, before Indianapolis, I uh, I was on the set and um, the guy who composed our music, Nigel, he goes, um He comes up to me and says, Sal, do you have one of our CDs, our latest CD? And I said, no. He goes, would you like one? I said, oh, sure. So he gets it, and he writes something inside the cover, and he hands it to his significant other, Allison, who's also in the band with him. (laughs) And uh, she writes something inside the cover, and then they hand it to me. So I look at it, and I bust out laughing because Nigel had written, Sal, I want to sleep with you. Love, Nigel. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, And he goes, yeah, I heard you can get a T-shirt, and uh, but over on the other side, Allison wrote, Nigel, I already have. Love, Alice. So uh, yeah, they said, yeah, we heard you. We can get a T-shirt if we, uh if we sleep with you. So we want a T-shirt. Yeah. Now I don't know how they found out about that, but it, it, I thought it was pretty funny. So then I met this uh, famous monsters of filmland convention in Indianapolis, and uh, a couple of months ago. And what happened was, sure enough, I had about five or six people walk up to my table and say, hey, is it true that uh, if I take a nap with you or something, I can get a T-shirt that says I sell a sow lizard? Right. <laughs> so, oh,
1: my God.
0: Yeah, so uh, it's something that actually I have a, a couple of friends that are contributing uh, uh, money to help me get T-shirts. So that by send Wasteland, it, I'll have T-shirts with the Laughing Zombie Productions uh, thing on the back, but the, on the front of them they'll say "I slept with Sal Lizard." And we're going to see uh, how many of those sell and how many people uh, actually will want their picture taken.
1: Okay, extra large, so
0: extra large Sal. exercise. Okay, extra large. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh
1: god. Now I know we. Were, I don't want to run you up too long, but there's two things that I mentioned. Well, one, and then you mentioned about your own movie you're, you're going to produce, but. I see uh-huh. that you, were a courtroom extra in Ma- Mountain Mafia?
0: That was a, another one of those funny things. A good friend of mine, Cherokee Hall, he, um he wasn't a good friend at the time because I didn't know him, but he kind of, he put out a casting call saying that he was looking for courtroom, uh, I mean for people for his movie Mountain Mafia. I told him I'd like to audition, but he was shooting in Lexington, Kentucky and I was living in, uh, Circle Hill, Ohio. Right. And that was quite a hall. And so, uh, when I asked him, you know, about pay, of course, you know, it was an independent film, wasn't really paying anything, so it was not cost effective for me to go down and be in it. Right. Now, Ray, who had uh, Ray wanted to act also be involved in the film industry, so when um, uh, I had an opportunity to, I met Ray on the set of a movie called Wicked Business, um, and he where he played a homeless guy and uh ray and i got to be pretty good friends so then we were together in uh Ape's tomb and then i had an opportunity while i was an i Am legend um to get ray on that set so i did and then another time i had to come up to massachusetts to finish up a party scene with ichabod and i had asked ray if he wanted to come up here with me because he'd never been to the massachusetts new hampshire area and he said sure so he wound up being a second camera in ichabod and playing one of the um uh, townsfolk at the tavern. So Ray and I, we we, we had this uh, this involvement with each other. You know, we're good friends. And so, um, what happened was... Um... Oh gosh, I lost the question.
1: Oh. <laughs> what um, was it? That you were the... Um... Oh crap. You were the... Uh... <laughs> Courtroom Extra?
0: Oh, the Courtroom Extra. So what happened was Ray wanted to be involved in more films. So I told him when I saw this thing um, where they were just looking for extras, he said, I'd like to go down there and be in uh, in Mountain Mafia. So I called up Cherokee, and I said, hey, you know, if you're looking for a couple of extras, I know it doesn't pay anything, and I know that, you know, I didn't get cast, but I have a really good friend that wants to be in the film, would it be alright if I bring him down? And he said, oh, sure. So, Ray and I went down there, and um, we were courtroom extras. The bad thing about it was, I had already gotten involved with I Am Legend, and uh, I may have even already done, yeah, I had already done the box. And so, I was getting, I was SAG eligible. Actually, I was at that point where I couldn't be in another SAG movie unless I joined SAG. So, uh, the rumor was, I mean, everybody knew that I was a, um uh, SAG must join. So um uh, and that's a step up, you know, uh, into the professional acting field for a lot of people. Right. So, uh, a lot of people contacted me and asked me if before I would join SAG if I would just do a little walkthrough on their film or some little cameo appearance so that in case I ever made it big they could always sell their film and say, you know, and Sal Lizard was in it. So what happened was, sure enough, Cherokee said, yeah, come on down and be in it. But when I got down there, Ray and I, we signed up, we went in, and we were in the courtroom. But every time they would pan the camera, they would focus on me, and I don't even know that they got more any more of Ray than maybe his shoulder.
1: Oh, and,
0: no. Yeah, so, uh but, you know, he is listed as being in it. So, uh, you know, if nothing else, you got the credit. Right. So it's not, so bad, because I wasn't there for me, I was there for Ray.
1: Right. And,
0: and yet they, they seem to really focus a lot on me, so, And not so much Ray.
1: Did you, uh, did you meet that sexy Tiffany Sippus?
0: Uh, have I met her?
1: O- on, Actually. On the set.
0: No, 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 no. No. Oh. No. I, I didn't Uh, no. I, I've met, uh, a number of other gals, but not her. Uh, we were at a convention together. And I just didn't. She's just not one of the people that I managed to run into while I'm there. You know how it is when you, yep. uh, at you're at the convention, you're behind the table. Uh, you're pretty much stuck there if you're signing autographs because right. um, nobody else can sign them for you. You know, if you're selling if you're selling comic books or movies or something. You can step away and anybody can fill in for you. Right. But if you're there as a as a as a celeb or to sign autographs, nobody can do that. So, um, you know it's unfortunate but yeah you're stuck pretty much alright so well, okay. often Sorry. I didn't get to meet other actors that were there
1: yeah I've I seen her in that um Cyrus uh huh I guess that's her newest one I guess mm-hmm. she's a uh she can play any part I, I like her
0: well I'm getting ready to produce another film in the spring called Exit 19 is the working uh title right now and it's a werewolf film and uh mm-hmm. I was speaking with the director, Aiden Sawyer, last night, and one of the people that he wants me to talk to about being in the film would be, uh, you know, Tiffany Shepherdson. So I'm kind of um, looking forward to that. Go for it. Oh yeah.
1: yes, go for it.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> I think she's a, a well-rounded actress. I mean, she can play a lot of different parts.
0: Yeah, a yeah. Good, a, a good I, screamer. <laughs> yeah, well I gotta tell you, uh, you know, one of the, one of the actresses that I've worked with most recently that I was really impressed with, and we haven't gotten to next door really yet, but, uh, that was, uh, the other one that you said that I mentioned that you wanted to touch on. Um Lynn Lowry, uh, was in that film, and, uh, she actually has agreed, uh, at this point, you know, she's, uh, I've got a letter of interest from her, but she's actually looking at, um uh, being with me in another future film where she will be playing my wife oh. so, yeah that's kind of cool one thing about it is is that uh, I produce films under the uh, SAG ultra low budget right now um, and so they're SAG indies uh, but uh, the one thing that happens is you know, especially an in independent film where people are usually taking their life savings or hawking the car you know um, doing whatever they can to get their film made and sometimes they don't get made and even if they do get made, usually the last people to get paid are the actors. And um, so one of the things that happened was my wife, knowing how much I love uh, acting, she said, when is this going to quit costing us money and you start making money? And, of course, you know, there is the I'm paying my dues aspect when you first start out. You right. do a lot of stuff. But after a while, yeah, it gets kind of old. Now, uh, it's not a lie to say that, at least in the independent films, if they're going to pay anybody, they're going to pay the girls first. Yep. Uh, and so, you know, what happens is when I was asked to join SAG, a couple of my buddies who I would met in independent films, actually on the sets of uh, of uh, Feeding the Masses and Creature um, from the Hillbilly Lagoon, uh, they were both SAG actors in uh, the Boston area. And they told me, they said, you don't want to join SAG if you can hold out. And I said, Why? And they both told me the same thing. Well, you won't get any really good parts in films because those go to the big Hollywood names. And um, so the best you can do is work as an extra. Well, I'd already worked as an extra, but I got paid for it. And I said, you know, you get paid to be an extra, right? And he said, right. And I said, well, see, I'm, I'm still in the film as an actor, even though I'm a background actor. I said, you know, and, and, and that's honest work. And I don't have to be in the limelight. I don't have to have the leading roles. So uh, so I went ahead and joined the Screen Actors Guild. Well, so then all of a sudden I found that I couldn't do any more independent films because SAG actors have to get paid. So I was a little bit bummed out until I found out about SAG Indies and that for a budget of less than 200000 you can actually produce a film under the ultra-low budget contract. And, you know, and it has some conditions, so I started producing SAG Indies. And the thing that is good about it is my films are insured, and I use the payroll companies to make sure that, you know, to SAG insist on this, to make sure that, you know, people's pensions and taxes and all that are taken care of first. Mm -hmm. And and uh, the insurance, of course, is, uh, you know, in case uh, something happens. And it just makes sense uh, from a business aspect. So... Uh, and the thing about it is is I've learned to talk to people, and so one of the things I've been lucky on my first film was it was a small enough budget. I was able to go out and talk to friends at horror conventions and and friends in Starfleet and friends and you know just who just had known me from other films and things of that nature, and of course family members and I was able to raise enough money to actually shoot next door now of course, after this, the next two films that I'm looking at. Are going to have higher budgets, but you know, once I've proven, and especially once I sell the uh, next door and uh, pay back some of the investors, it should make it a lot easier to raise some of the money for the other projects. Right. So, so, um, so that's my thing. Is uh, I, I I start doing these films, and the one thing that I do is the uh, the the um, the uh, motto, I guess, on my films is everyone gets paid. Now, it, granted, there may be some little roles or that where people are, who aren't professional actors and, you know, they just want to be extras in a film and we're only going to use it for a couple hours. They may not get paid. Of course, we feed them, you know, but anybody who puts any serious time into working on the cast or crew um, mm-hmm. is going to get a paycheck on, on a film that I produce, and so... Um, uh, I'm really having a good time and I'm satisfying the needs of SAG and it also gives me an opportunity to have a pretty decent part the film. Excellent. So that brings us to next door.
1: There you go. So All right. So you're going to start filming that in April then?
0: Oh, uh, th- no, no, next door... I just got finished. Uh, oh, oh, oh,
1: I'm sorry.
0: That's one that I just got done with, and actually, on the night of the 17th, which is, um, well, at this point, uh, it's uh, six nights from now, a week from last night, um, we're having the premiere um, in uh, Maynard, Massachusetts, and the really great thing about it is the cast and crew, with the exception of Lynn Lowry and Nicole crew, uh, the cast and crew will be there, uh our families will be there and all are, and it's local to most of the actors so um you know a lot of friends and and uh and co-workers uh and like even the guy who works at my post office to be there okay. um uh, so you know it's like uh it's a, a, a going to be an exciting night for me and i hope the rest of uh for director andy sawyer and uh i hope for everyone else um and then, after that, we have one more free showing in the town where we shot it so that the townspeople can see it since we used so much of their town. And then it starts hitting the um, um, horror conventions and festivals. And so I'm trying to get it into festivals now uh, out in L.A. and, uh, you know, in Memphis, Tennessee and some of these others. And uh, uh, so we'll see what happens with it. I'm real excited about trailers online. And we do have a uh, website for it and um, it's called next door film you know three words all smushed together with no spaces dot com nice yeah and uh, a little bit you know something can be learned about my other film projects as I get them I do have a website for the production company at LZP films LZP stands for laughing zombie production that's my production company sweet and um so as i get some projects um you know the uh the artwork and the uh storyline and once we've got it registered uh i'll go ahead and put that information up there and uh you know uh, right now we uh on the movie pray to god we're in the process of casting and we've got some pretty good people involved and because the director wants to keep some of it under wraps we uh uh, unless it's already announced on the site, we're not really saying who we've gotten, even though we've gotten a number of really high-profile horror actors. Cool. Yep. Way to go, Sal. Yeah. I hope the yeah, best. Yeah, I feel pretty good about it.
1: I hope the best for you.
0: Well, thank you. Thank you. You know, the one thing about it is is uh, uh, I used to be in the IT business, and, uh, you know, with the dot-com bubble burst, uh, uh, I... You know, found myself overqualified for a lot of the help desk positions and stuff that were opened up. So I went from making a six-figure income down to uh, making a no-figure income, and uh, <laughs> and I had to reinvent myself. And my wife, you know, my grandpa used to tell me you should always try to do what you uh, something you love. And um, since I couldn't uh, be involved with a uh, with the IT world anymore, the only other thing I really enjoyed was acting. I mean, I enjoy sex, too, but nobody's going to pay me for that. So uh, so, <laughs> so I figured rather than starving trying to be a gigolo, I would go into acting. And uh, I was involved with community theater until somebody said to me, um, you know, hey, you want to go be in a zombie film? And I said, uh, what's it pay? And they said, it don't pay anything. And I said, well, then why in the hell would I want to do that? <laughs> and uh, what happened was it was uh, kismet, I suppose, but... Um, uh what happened was it was supposed to, it was going to be shot in um, in Rhode Island, uh in Warwick, just outside of Providence. And it just so happened that the bagpipe band that I was in was going to be involved with the Rhode Island Highland uh games and so it was on the same day that they were shooting this zombie film so i figured what the heck since i'm going down there anyway i would go ahead and do the zombie film and that's when i was uh in richard griffin's um uh feeding the masses and i was on the set and i met uh some tromet gals um uh, like nikki irene and um all of a sudden i found the the magic of movie making was really attractive to me and and i decided that's what i wanted to keep doing and um then i was in richard griffin's movie uh of course uh seepage which later became creature from the hibble lagoon and by then i was pretty much hooked and um so i've been in about three dozen films since then uh some of them i'm quite proud of some of them not so much and um but you know they all brought me to where i'm at today and now i feel pretty good because uh well you know like i said uh there's a there's um there's something to be said about the magic of movie making, And uh, I thought it was kind of, it was fun in front of the camera, but I always had this uh, desire to, uh, I mean, I, I'm attracted to business and business decisions and making sure things are done right. right. And so um, I've been on enough films that I've seen things that I, you know, just like everyone else, I said, well, if I was doing it, I would do it this way. And, um, and after about three dozen films, I felt like, uh, you know, I... I really want to do this, and, uh, fortunately for me, SAG, the Screen Actors Guild, offers conservatories, they call them. It's these, uh, monthly training programs. They're not very expensive, and, uh, but you have to be, you have to have your dues paid up, etc. And they started doing some on producing your own films. And so I went to those, and I felt empowered and confident enough, and we, we took the shooting schedule to SAG for this particular film. And they said, do you think you can shoot all this in nine days? And I said, yes, I do. And they said, you know, that's an awfully aggressive schedule. But at the end of each shooting day, we were right on schedule. And we actually got all the principal photography shot in nine days. And um, then, of course, the director picked up a few, you know, pickup shots as he was editing it. And uh, he edited it in one month. And so um, here we are uh, with our... Uh, um you know uh our premiere coming up and hitting the festival circuit the only thing i haven't been able to do that i've been trying to accomplish is just getting the movie listed in the imdb first they said oh we're not going to list it because um, you know it it isn't finished yet so we finished it and then they said no we're not going to list it unless it's uh unless you can tell us uh where it's going to be shown um, it has to be in a festival uh or some sort of public showing so I checked their IMDb list, and one of the places that they have listed is Cinema Wasteland, and I am scheduled to show it. It's on the website, the second of October. So I contacted them and told them that, and then they said, "Well, that's not a real official festival that's sanctioned. You know, it's not one of our special uh, festivals." And so, so now until it's listed in one of the festivals uh, uh, that. They recognize, uh, they will not list it. Even though I've got Len Lowry and uh, Nicole Crew and, and you know, and I've been in a few dozen of uh, these films and I told them it's finished, the trailer's online, and all this stuff, and they're still saying, nope, nope, they're sticking by their guns. Now, I did see where if I go on the, now that IMDb is owned by Amazon, if I, if I go on to Amazon and create a way where I can distribute the film through Amazon, They'll list it in the IMDb right away, so I think that it's a marketing thing, and it's a shame because you know so many of us depend on the IMDb. I actually depend on it for as a part of the marketing. When you go and you uh, you you put, try to put it in film festivals, one of the things they ask you is is the title in the IMDb, and it's almost like a catch twenty two. No, it's not in the IMDb until I get it in a film festival. So
1: <laughs> Yeah, it's like oh god, IMDb. It, it's it's good to a point, but I don't know. People who, uh-huh. if you haven't noticed, if you see a movie, you know they have that that ratings that the rating of the movies, you know, or uh huh out of ten. Horror movies, no. horror movies always get the shittiest end of the stick. Oh yeah. Oh, well, you
0: know, for some reason, people don't consider. It's kind of interesting because you know, like I said, I'm a professional Santa, and people ask me all the time. You know, what are your favorite movies to do? Now, I would love to do Santa movies. I mean, you know, who doesn't want to be a hero to the children and all that? Right. But what happens is no genre... Oh, and I really love sci-fi. Heck, I'm the president of Starfleet, you know, for at least for another few months. So I love sci-fi. That's one of my favorite genres, too. But I, I haven't been able to break into those. I do horror films. and uh, But horror films, you know, the sci-fi conventions, uh, they're not so well supported as they used to be by their fan base and um and then uh you know if, you, if you're in a santa claus movie and you go to a santa convention people are going to come up and ask you for your autograph because you look just like the guy next to you so uh, <laughs> All right, right. you know so um, so what happens is the one the, the movie genre that the fans still support quite well is horror and um you know i have people who uh Oh, heck, you know, it's one of those cases where it seems like no matter where I go, somebody has seen something I've been in. When I was at the Indiana um, uh, Indianapolis uh, uh, convention for uh, Famous Monsters of Filmland, uh, a gal came up to me, and, you know, and as I told you, she, was, she said she wanted to be my, my first stalker. But the thing it is is she lives out in Colorado, and she told me, she goes, you know, I've seen some of your work, and, and you know, and I really enjoy your films. And, of course, I've got uh, Lisa, the Gallup in Canada, or not Canada, Michigan, who was the one who blogged on the website that she was going to try to get a copy of every film. I actually sent her a few of my films and, and signed them, you know, and said, after all, you're my first proclaimed fan, so here, have a couple of my movies. And I got an email back from her today telling me how much she enjoyed the movie and how she's still looking for uh, as many as she can find. That's awesome. Yeah, so, you know... uh, But, uh, yeah, I I seem to have uh, the respect and the regard of many of my peers, and it's such a small world. I mean, uh, when Lynn Lowry was here last, and, of course, she lives out in L.A., she and I were talking, and she was talking to me about a script that she had uh, written that uh, she had a a professional script writer write for her. And I said, really? She goes, yeah. She goes, "Uh, I don't know if you know him or not, but his name's Richard Griffin. And I said, Really? Richard Griffin from uh, Connecticut, and she goes, "Yeah." And I said, "Oh, yeah. He's a, he was in the he's the director producer of my first two films." So you know, it's a small world it after is. all. It is. And it's kind of cool now that I, I I can't leave my cell phone laying around because you know I've got actors and actresses' home numbers in there, uh, and you know I have their home numbers and their cell phone numbers, so I have to guard her with my life. But uh, you know, I mean, it's kind of cool to be able to say the folks. Oh yeah. Uh, let me call her up and see if she's interested. <laughs> right,
1: right, right. Well, yeah. Yep. I know the feeling though, so
0: <laughs> what?
1: I know the feeling. I got some numbers on my phone that I have to I guard. I yeah,
0: yeah. Yeah. It's uh you know, it's like, oh man, I, I, I my phone is hardly ever very far from me. Yeah. And uh, certainly if I'm anywhere other than the in my house, it's in my pocket. So I know the feeling. Yep.
1: All right, Sal. I appreciate you coming on.
0: Well, you know, I certainly appreciate your taking the time to listen to me.